Kia ora, and welcome to the Dawn Chorus. I'm Bernard Hickey, and this is my daily podcast that goes out with my email newsletter to paid subscribers on the Kaka, which is a substack. Today, I want to talk about COVID refunds. In particular, the need, I think, for households and businesses who benefited from government actions during 2020 and 2021 in the wake of COVID, which not only has made them much richer, but has increased the cash they have in their bank balances. And how at least some of that, in fact a very small proportion of that, should be handed back to the government, and in particular taxpayers at large, to help those people who suffered the most during COVID. And those are people who rent, who do not own assets, who often are living in precarious work, relatively low-paid work, probably in essential services, frontline services, and in many cases who are young and feeling the effects of how COVID has hurt their education and work futures, not to mention their health futures, given the issue of long COVID. So what am I talking about here and what do I think should happen? And how is it I'm saying it now? On Friday, a little thing cropped across my radar, which you may have seen or heard. A Newstalk ZB uh, deputy political editor, Jason Walls, who, by the way, I think is a good guy and has done a lot of good work, said on air that uh, he couldn't quite believe the amount of money which had been given to documentary makers by the public in the form of grants. And in particular, he referred to what he thought was $20,000 given to a documentary maker to do a short documentary about Dr. Susie Wiles, the public health researcher and um, public scientist. Uh, As it turned out, uh, the $20,000 he thought had been granted from New Zealand on it, well, from the New Zealand Film Commission to the maker of the documentary, hadn't actually been used in that documentary. Instead, the documentary maker had used $8,000 of their own money and had raised almost $8,000 through a Kickstarter campaign from the public. This uh, short documentary was then played on various public media platforms, and as it turned out, the New Zealand Herald, and received hundreds of thousands of views. The reason I think this is worth noting, and I don't want to um, jump too much on Jason, he's uh, responding to the noise that is around us from the likes of the Taxpayers Union and some others in politics, that too much public money is being given to people in the media, and too much public money has been wasted over the last couple of years, and that the government needs to pull its head in, tighten its budget, return to surpluses, and repay debt in the wake of COVID. We need to return to something like business as usual. Well, uh, aside from the um, issues with the facts on the claims about the $20,000, The broader issue, I think, needs to be flipped on its head. 
In particular, when you look closely at what actually happened during COVID, what support taxpayers gave to whom, then you can make the case that the best way for the government to return its budget to surplus would be for those people who were paid $20 billion in cash. And when I say those people, I'm talking about those people who received the cash in their capacity as employers and business owners. And it was cash. It wasn't money that was given to employees directly. The aim of it, of course, was for employers to be more confident about their cash flows and to keep people employed in those panicked and very difficult few weeks, first few weeks of the lockdowns of COVID. And then, of course, later on during the lockdowns in August to December in Auckland in particular. That's $20 billion in cash, which was useful in those first few months. However, most of those companies rode the rebound in the New Zealand economy we saw in the second half of 2020 and the first half of 2021. And we can now tell from official statistics put forward by Statistics New Zealand, which I've referred to in depth in my email newsletter, that those companies have made substantial increases in their profits over that period and have also increased the amount of cash they have in their bank accounts. But the beneficiaries of that $20 billion in government spending are actually relatively small compared to the beneficiaries of other government actions during COVID through 2020 and 2021. In particular, from the Reserve Bank, which in March of 2021 slashed the official cash rate from 1% to 0.25%, announced a program of money printing to buy government bonds with the specific aim of lowering mortgage rates, removed loan-to-value ratio restrictions and in effect encouraged banks to lend to people to buying existing and new houses. And then later on in 2020 and through 2021, and actually still going, is lending money to banks at the official cash rate, so for much of that time at 0.25%, to encourage them to lend into the housing market. The specific aim was to use the wealth effect, i.e. wealthier feeling consumers and businesses, using that money and that confidence to spend money, to invest money, and to hire people, and in the case of banks, of course, to lend, to support the economy. It worked spectacularly well, in that we currently have a 3.2% unemployment rate. But it also worked spectacularly well to increase the value of assets in New Zealand. And not just shares, of course. The main class of asset in New Zealand, by far the biggest, is residential land and housing. And you can see that the value of net worth of household assets rose by 620 something million, sorry, billion dollars in that period post COVID, mostly through increases in house prices, but also increases in share prices. Those are the numbers to the end of March 2022. For businesses, they also saw significant increases in their profits 
and in their equity in their businesses and an increase in cash. So when you look at how much cash has increased in the accounts of households and businesses, it's about more than $30 billion for households and more than $20 billion for businesses. So actions by the government to give cash to businesses and to free up and encourage lending into housing made houses, house, household owners and business owners around about in total $820 billion richer during COVID. They also received that $20 billion in cash. For people who are effectively saying now that the government's role should be to reduce its spending on public services, potentially on benefits for people who did it tough during COVID, seems hypocritical at best and counterproductive at least. Best illustrated, I think, by this call from someone on News Talk ZB and repeated in an article published on the New Zealand Herald complaining about $20,000 of public money going to a public scientist's documentary. As it turned out, the money didn't go to the public scientist and it wasn't actually from the public purse. However, this call for an end to the profligate government spending and a return to surplus is very common and I think needs to be challenged because there is actually another way to look at this. I think that that $20 billion in cash that was given to businesses should be returned as a refund, a COVID refund, a COVID windfall refund. And I think that the $621 billion extra in household net worth could be returned, at least very partially, to the taxpayer in the form of a one-off land tax on the residential value of household land, which is about a trillion dollars, and that would deliver, let's say, a 0.2% land tax that would deliver about $20 billion. If you were successful in getting businesses to pay back that $20 billion and households to pay back $20 billion of the $620 billion that they now have extra, then that $40 billion could be used, if you wanted, to reduce government debt. I think it should also be used to increase incomes of those on benefits to the levels recommended by the Welfare Expert Advisory Group and to forgive the debt certainly incurred by beneficiaries and students during COVID. On top of that, I think there's a good case to invest that money in infrastructure, which helps improve housing supply, particularly housing affordability, and does a lot of the investment in public transport that's necessary to achieve our climate targets, let alone improve the well-being and housing affordability of those people who've done it the toughest during COVID. So there we have it. In summary, I think that businesses and households who have benefited to the tune of over $820 billion during COVID because of actions taken by the government should return 
windfall uh, payments to the taxpayer of $40 billion to help build back Aotearoa New Zealand better and fairer. That is the exact opposite of what uh, many uh, in the uh, community of businesses and households who benefited from COVID are saying we should actually do, which is to now reduce spending on public services and make life tougher for those who actually did it tough during COVID. I'm Bernard Hickey. This is my Dawn Chorus for Monday, July the 25th for the Kaka. Thanks again to paid subscribers who give me the time and support to do this sort of public interest journalism work for around housing unaffordability, climate change in action and child poverty reduction. Ka kite anō.